we're facing desertification effect in the in the Middle East, especially. It's become a big issue now and big, big, big more. That's why you see the management of the of the various uh, countries around the Middle East. They are keen about saving water, about increasing greenery and the landscape. Uh, one of them is the 2030 plan uh, of the Saudi Arabia Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, in which there is a big plan to multiply the current green surface by eight times. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. We are going around the world today, sprinkler heads. This is Andy Humphrey. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Sprinkler Nerd Show, where it is my job to speak with world-class water and landscape entrepreneurs from across, 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 across the U.S. and across the world, across many industries, to tease out their habits, their technology, and their lessons learned so that perhaps it may inspire you. Our guest today is Fauzi Mellum. Fauzi is the founder of Radius. He's a seasoned irrigation entrepreneur with a track record of establishing and expanding businesses in the Middle East, Africa, and India. His expertise lies in water conservation techniques and technologies, as well as water quality enhancement. Additionally, Fauzi has extensive knowledge in smart irrigation, agriculture, and landscaping. He holds a Master of Science in Irrigation and a BE in Agriculture from the American University of Beirut, and he is certified by the Irrigation Association and an EPA WaterSense partner. Fauzi, my friend, welcome to the Sprinkler Nerd Show. Uh, thank you again, Andy. And I hope, I hope this uh, uh, discussion will be useful and helpful a little bit about to shed a little, uh, little bit light about the Middle East uh, irrigation and water management industry. Fauzi, I can't wait for our listeners to learn more about what life is like in the Middle East and more about irrigation in the Middle East and even technology in the Middle East. But before we get into that, could you please tell us how you got started in this industry? As you mentioned, I graduated from from the American University of Beirut. I got my master's in irrigation. And I started working in in Lebanon first in in Beirut, and then I moved to Saudi Arabia. Uh, I worked with a few multinationals. Then I, I moved to the UAE, to Dubai, So and I've been based now in Dubai since, uh, since more, around 10 years. And, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be living here. It's, it's pleasant to be living in Dubai. So I know that sometimes that when you think about the Middle East, uh, you just think like it's an oil or a desert or a place. So actually, you know, the... I'm curious, is Dubai a safe place to live? Again, this is a fun place to live. It's a nice environment, good environment, safe environment for the family. And to do business, especially when it comes to our uh, industry, the water management, uh, because, you know, there is, we're uh, facing the desertification effect in the, in the Middle East, especially. It's become a big issue now and big, big, big more. That's why you see the management of the, of the various uh, countries around the Middle East. They are keen about saving water, about increasing greenery and the landscape. And uh, one of them is the 2030 plan uh, of the Saudi Arabia, King, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, in which uh, 
there is a big plan to multiply the current green surface by eight times. So the plan is to get what we are getting currently in a certain period of time to be not double, quadruple times two. I don't know eight. I don't know what to say the word, but uh, yeah, so the plan yeah to, to be to be to be going exponential with the with the. So this this leads to the to the water conservation. So. Uh, you cannot increase the greenery and the landscape unless you have as well, because, you know, the water resource is limited. Of course, you can, we, we're doing here a lot of uh, water desalination, which is very expensive. So the most economic way or smart way is to go with the water management, with the smart water. So we need, before we start to bring more water, we need to ensure the, that we are using our, our water, our current resource in a smart manner, because it's more it's less expensive to use your current water in a smart manner than to have an additional amount of water, you know? And, uh, yeah, and this is where Radius has, uh, this is what Radius is doing, right? Radius actually has started since uh, more than 15 years where we started as irrigation, uh, education and training camps. And that's where we started to, to select the best products, possible the best possible products that we have and of course one of them is baseline which is uh, has helped us do a great success or be a part of our success story because it complements what we're doing radius uh, baseline the product line uh, the the product quality and the people behind the product as well at the factory and radius i think they they complement they complement each other in the middle east to offer a product that is suitable to 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 the needs to serve the the our mission. So I have a lot of questions, but I would like to start by understanding where the water comes from. And let's just talk about Dubai. Okay, can you tell us about where the water comes from? Yes, the the uh, you know contrary to what some people think, Dubai or in the Riyadh, actually we have the high water table. So this is something maybe could be surprising sometimes, but yes, it is the case. Yes, we do have wells, but you know, this water is not suitable for drinking. But I would say that, yes, most of our water is coming from now from, uh, we do treating, the treatment of water. So the water that goes out from the houses, whatever, uh, like, like gray water, and this is being treated uh, at treatment facilities, then being pumped into the irrigation system, pumped back to the irrigation system. Wow, that's so fascinating. It's not something I would typically have imagined. Could you tell us about the quality of the water? Uh, yeah, it is not very clean water, I would say. It's not used for drinking, and it's not used for... Uh, it could be used for irrigation in some instances, but it is saline water, so it's, it's high salinity water. Okay, got it. And when you say high water table... Do you know approximately the depth of that water table, just to get it into perspective? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you, it could even reach the root zones, you know. So in many instances, that's what I like about the moisture sensor technology because sometimes you would be amazed that you think that we have issues with the water, but sometimes you know the moisture is there. So you have you, you should not be irrigating too much because the more you irrigate, the more you have evaporation, and the water table is high already. So a lot of salinity is happening because of that. So. This needs also to be taken into account. Otherwise, you'd be facing a lot of salinity issues. Speaking of salinity, that can cause plant health problems. So do you use any salinity sensors? Currently, we're not using, no. So uh, that's something which I think, I hope that in the, in the future, uh, we will have something that will be able as well to help us. Yeah, so, what, so it sounds like what you're saying is the water table is so high that it is almost at the root zone level 
almost like the plants are just above floating on this salinity, you know, saline water table. Yes, especially during 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 winter time and during these times where the, sometimes it's people are encouraged to use a lot of water. Uh, so, and that's something which is sometimes it hurts the plants. So. The whole system is made based on the summertime. So the irrigation system, the, the sizing of the main line, the sizing of the pumps, everything is based on the summertime. So most of the time during winter time, you have a lot of water that you're advised as the irrigation, ex- let's say, manif- um, con- uh, contractor, they're advised, on, let's just push the water or just like spray you know, the water and just to get rid of them because sometimes you don't know what to do with the extra water, which is many, many bad effects. One of them is that, we, we try, for instance, in our projects to, to train, actually, during winter time, I try to pray, train the plant and uh, the landscape to develop even uh, longer or, or even deeper root zones. During winter time, if you're just over-irrigating, it means that you're not pushing the plant to develop deeper root zones, which in the summer you will regret because the longer uh, root zone is what we need, or the, sorry, the deeper root zone is what we need usually during the summer so that we are able to cope with the, with the weather here. So it's, a, it's something which we realized that we were able to do in our projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is the sustainable city you see behind me, the sustainable city, the Dubai sustainable city and the Sharjah sustainable city. And now we're working on the Abu Dhabi sustainable city coming now, the new project which we're, we're working on. I'm just giving these specifically, this is one of the projects that we're proud to be working on. But yes, we are training the, the, the plants during winter time, Andy, uh, to, uh, you know, to, to develop longer, uh, deeper root zones. And this has helped a lot uh, in saving the water during summertime. So during summertime, we don't have water. So I think that for uh, people in the USA, when we see pictures of Dubai, it looks either like a futuristic area or it looks like a complete desert where you wonder how you could irrigate anything because it literally looks like a desert and i had no idea the water table was that high which is which is interesting could you tell us about the types of plant material you know is this cactus is this palm trees is this turf grass what is the plant material like so so yeah if you if you come to dubai you would be amazed with the variety of the of the of the plants we have so of course we do now we're going going more into native plantation trees you know we, we we have a lot of variety and and i would say that dubai is one of the uh, you know, we, I traveled around the, the world, actually. So if I compare Dubai to, frankly, when it comes to the to the landscape, and hopefully one day, Andy, you, you come visit us in Dubai. Absolutely. You will see that there is a lot of beautiful landscape and very and very uh, rich landscape, actually. Uh, which And Dubai is becoming like, a, you know, an icon around the Middle East, has been an icon around the Middle East, that every city around the, the Middle East wants to become like Dubai. And there, there is a big variety of plants. But I think that, that the, the trend now is more to go into more sustainable approach and to go into more the native, the yeah, cactus type or the trees that have the special uh, water plant or water demand. I think now that the trend is coming more, becoming more sustainable. And we have a lot of turf grass in the United States. You know, our outdoor landscapes were built around grass. Is there a lot of turf grass in Dubai? 
Yes, actually, yes, there is there is a lot of turf. You know, at home level, I would say that this is now becoming a little bit less because the water bill is going high lately, which is making the, the turf plantation go uh, like less. But, you know, there are still, still there is like big projects like, like let's say, the, the, the municipality roundabouts, the municipality, uh, let's say, the big uh, compounds, the big neighborhoods. There is still some, some, some turf. But I would say that if you compare Andy to now, since, since 10 years, it's maybe 20%. They used to have more. I think we were not, we we're not doing that smart when it comes to, to irrigation. We didn't uh, consider how much valuable water for, uh, for uh, was like 10 years ago, like we do now. So now it's you know, becoming more of a drip market around the, the Middle East and becoming more of a drip market. Yeah. Interesting. So I would like to talk about your involvement with sustainable, sustainable cities and technology. But before we get there, I would like to understand how irrigation systems are either the same or different than here in the U.S. And what I mean by that is maybe the construction and the design, what types of uh, materials, products, you know, PVC, poly, valve boxes, splices, you know, how is a system constructed in Dubai? Yes. Uh, actually, the, I think there is there is there is difference between our our the irrigation system and the, because I've seen projects in the U.S. and I've seen you know based on our um, knowledge of the local market here. So mainly the 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 main lines are uh, let's say if you want to start with the main lines, the main lines are uh, polyethylene pipes. Mm-hmm. So like the big main lines like 160 millimeter or 180 millimeter, 22 250 millimeter, they're like uh, polyethylene and uh, the submains. When you go to the sub, is that a? Uh, excuse me for interrupting. Is that high density polyethylene? Yes, HDPE, which is fifteen or sixteen bars uh, pressure. Yes. Yeah, so, and after that, the the submains and in Dubai, special specifically in Dubai, the submains are uh, UPVC. So when you go from the from the main line, main line is is uh, polyethylene HDPE. Then you go to the UPVC. In other in other in other cities around the Middle East, you're gonna have sometimes it's even continue to be to remain uh, HDPE. Okay. In Dubai specifically, in, in Abu Dhabi, it is it is UPVC. So uh, this is when it comes to the piping. Of course, uh, the when it comes to pump station, I think there is as well some difference because in the uh, Middle East mainly. Uh, the power is something which is not that costly, you know. So that's why you see that most of the time the the power is always constant when it comes to. So, for example, if you have a system that requires a ten bar uh, or I'm not sure one fifty psi uh, pressure, and you have a drip line which requires only let's say thirty psi or fifteen psi, so you see that the pressure is still there on the pipe. We're using pressure reducers, so that's. When it comes to, I think in the USA, it's something which is based on variable speed pumps in order to save uh, on, on power. And the, so in here, in here, sometimes, most of the time, I would say it's not the case. That's why we use a lot of pressure mm-hmm. users uh, rather than uh, having proper management of the, of the flow from the, from the beginning. Interesting. And do you use uh, pressure regulators on the valves also? Yes, we do. Actually, we, we actually we do use pressure pressure regulators on the valve because you know again you have a you have a rotor that require thirty ps uh, forty five psi or thirty and you have a drip line and the pressure is coming from the same source coming maybe at uh, eight eight bars or maybe 
100 psi so you don't need all that pressure for the for the valve yes okay and then tell us about wiring is a single conductor wire still more popular or is two wire becoming popular no i would say that within the past uh, five years a big change happened in the market the market used to be more mostly conventional wire since five years or even 10 years, 10 years has started, but now I would say like most of the project, most of the big projects, they're like decoder decoder projects. So you, they're based on, on, on two-wire technology. Okay. And then I'm just going to keep asking you questions here. What types of splices are popular in Dubai? You know, the splices, the, the DBY, uh, the page DBY splices, you know, the, the normal ones which you plug. Uh, the 3M. Yeah, 3M, uh, 3, 3M, where you have uh, the grease and you just plug in. And, okay. Uh, and then you use the same uh, valve boxes like you'd find in the U.S. also? The Dubai municipality, you know, there is now, sorry, there is a new approach at the municipality to not to use plastic valve boxes anymore. So they are using a speci- specific uh, valve boxes. This is very new lately now. I think maybe last, uh, since two, three months now, they changed the specification of valve boxes. Tell us about the types of sprinklers and drip that's used. Yes, the, the the sprinkler again. The sprinkler now is big thing becoming you know because not too many. I think now it's a big challenge for suppliers, uh, for manufacturers because I would say that they used to sell big, big hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of sprinklers and rotors, and now that's not the case anymore because the orientation of the market has went in a different direction. So I think if I was a manufacturer, let's say just not to give advice, but just to, you know, I would I would go I would start thinking about let smarter smarter devices or smarter emitters, water saving emitters because you know for for us I would say I, I'm not seeing any more grass you know much grass, Andy, so uh, yeah there is shift in this market from the sprinkling and from the rotor uh, sprink, sprinklers into the. Uh, Drip or the, you know, the, what they call it, trickle irrigation principle. Are, are you seeing drip lines being installed under turf grass or subsurface? I don't, frankly, I, I see those, but I'm not happy with them. To tell you frankly, in, in the Middle East, uh, there is a lot of marketing around these. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about any manufacturer, actually. I'm not trying to, but, you know, they try always to make it look uh, nice from outside. But when you come into the application, I think it's not very, for us, I think in the Middle East, because it requires a lot of maintenance and it requires a lot of flush valve and it requires a lot of, you know, of equipment and which makes the, which makes it sometimes not very, very, very efficient. And sometimes most of the time as well, what what we realize that the, 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 the plants will, will, will die or without you know, you know, because you're not seeing any anything above the ground. So sometimes the, with, with normal surface drip line, you can at least pass around and see that the drip, there is no water around the drip, you know, it's not wet. So when everything is under the ground happening under the ground, so most of the time you get, you know, surprised that the, unless you have moisture sensors, uh, you will be in trouble without you know it. Uh, let's see. I want to move the conversation a little bit towards the technologies that you're using today so we can understand what is becoming popular in the Middle East. So let's, let's talk about that. What are you seeing for new technologies? 
Uh, and, you know, I've always thought of the technology as, and uh, frankly, because, you know, just to be realistic, to talk, to talk about the different manufacturers, you know, because this is a fact. I've always believed of, uh, from my personal, personal and religious perspective, that there is no manufacturer that can do everything perfectly, you know. Because you can have, for example, a very good valve, you can have a very good rotor, you can have very... So you're a company which is very well known, for example, for rotors, sprayers, you cannot be as well top on everything. So, and that's where Radius, I would say, is selective when it comes to the products that we deal with. For example, for instance, you can say, for example, Rainbird, they have a very good valve. That's very well known. They have the, the, the PEB, the Hunter, they have the ICV, which is very... For example, Kerane, they have a rotor, a very high-quality rotor. But when it comes to the to the smart system, frankly, uh, I think the, the most of the manufacturers who produce at least the, the irrigation, I think there is still a big thing to do, in my personal opinion, to reach the required level, because there is big challenge now, uh, and that's what made mm-hmm. made me and made Radius be focused on on baseline. Because because baseline, frankly, is a product where it's offering a lot of uh, visibility of the root zone and a lot of sensitivity or sensors because we have many sensors when it comes to the uh, moisture, flow, the pressure. All this for us, it's a very valuable information because we got used because I, I, I install other products as well. And again, I don't want to be talking from your marketing. Sorry to, to mention this, just we have to be you know open. Uh, just open discussion. This very important value, let's say, for example, even the temperature. Some people, they feel that, okay, why you need a temperature? For me, it was very, very, very helpful because especially in the Middle East, when you have a temperature sensor in the root zone, it can help you know when to to, to plant because, you know, the most of the time, the, manif- the, the contractors, they come and they just irrigate and, sorry, they place the organic material and they just irrigate and they plant. They don't know that they are already have the temperature went up because the water, when it goes into the organic material, you have maybe few hours where the temperature of the of the of the soil will 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 rise high. So, by monitoring the the root zone temperature, we're able to to know when to plant. And this is a very big 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 question, very helpful for us in the Middle East. That's something very big because. Uh, it, it will, we can avoid the temperature stress, the root zone stress. So uh, I think that, uh, yes, the techno- I see like big change now happening. And I think companies like Radius and other consultants around, I don't want to say just Radius, even other consultants around the, the Middle East and the people who are keen to, to bring the latest technology, I think there is a big uh, opportunity, Andy, I would say, around the Middle East now with water demand, when the, with the cost or the high cost of the project when it comes to maintenance, the maintenance cost is a big thing for us now. So when you have smart irrigation, smart technology, it can help you as well cut the cost of maintenance. Instead of having, let's say, 10 people, you can have like with five people or less. Even the, the management, the management of the site, you know, when it comes to management as well, that's something that, that saves money. Mm-hmm. and saves effort, saves time and visibility for the, for the owners of the project. So we saw, for instance, like our developers, when we start with one developer, they like to work with, with you, they don't want to work with too many 
brands, you know, it's not about the brand. They, they want to have something that helps them, you know, make their life, daily, daily life easier. They don't want to learn so many systems and so many complicated things. They have other things to do during the, you know, when we, when we promote a technology or a, a smart system, I would say, that has an added value and it can get back to the, to the management of the, of the, of the, or developer or the, of the, uh, the manage, manager of the, of the pro- project some valuable information, then that's what we are looking for. So I think there is a lot of space still in the, in the Middle East for, for t- new technology, for the latest technologies. Can you tell us about the sort of size and scale of these projects and maybe in terms of number of zones or number of water sources or size of main lines so that we can maybe visualize what these projects might look like? Yes, uh, and the, actually the, the projects here, I would say, like, let's say a, it depends, of course, we have like big projects, uh, small, from small projects to, to huge projects. We have, uh, and this depends, you know, on the USA. I'm not sure about the size of huge projects when it comes to USA. Maybe it could be bigger there. But I would say, like, here, for instance, having a project which has a thousand valves is not something which we, it's not that uncommon, you know. So let's say, let's say the sustainable city or the, we have like 500 we have thousands we have it depends yeah. on the on the on the project so yes we have we have a lot of uh, valves and there is this is big challenge again about controller concurrency you know the concurrency how much you can concurrently have valves operating together to finish your irrigation within a certain let's say within 10 hours usually our we need to finish our irrigation 10 hours a day so you need to make sure that your controller can have the timing, proper timing, uh, you know, and you can have as well communication between the controllers. That's something which is as well for us very important that you have one source, water source, and we face issues sometimes where you have like one water source and you have multiple controllers that are tapping into the same water source and every controller is managed through one contractor because it's a huge project where you have like each contractor is managing an area. And then those controllers, when they don't talk to each other or they don't, uh, you know, communicate, then then you're in big trouble, you know, because you're going to have some flow issues, some pressure drop issues. So that's something where I think, yeah, the technology as well has to play a role and has to be there. Right, which is, which is really hydraulic management technology, less about when to water and how long to water, although that's important. It sounds like it's more about making sure a certain amount of water is always flowing through the hydraulics in order to get everything done in a certain period of time. Yes, yes. And, and here, I'll just uh, what you mentioned, very important, Andy, is that if, even if you go to systems that will detect a high flow or a low flow only, it's not, it will not solve the issue because... If you can detect a high flow, it will not manage the problem for you. And it can maybe it can detect there is high flow, but okay, after that, what you will do? So a system which should be smart enough to be able to to turn on different valves together in a smart manner, like using artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, and operate these valves based on flow. So operate a program based on a controller based on a flow, and to be able to like orchestra player to manage these. Uh, these uh, opening of those different uh, valves to maintain the, the, the required pressure and, and, and flow to have proper, at the end of the, of the day, we're looking into proper, the proper uniformity for the sprinkler to be spraying the right path. And so right. when it comes to very important. Right. I think that's 
people forget about that oftentimes that they don't realize, you know, when you talk about high flow, low flow, leak, shutdown, et cetera, that you're right. It needs to be in real time because if the system was designed to be running, let's just say 150 gallons per minute, and there is a problem on a zone and that zone shuts down, the system must turn on another zone somewhere to fill the space to keep 150 gallons per minute running through the hydraulic system. And that real-time sort of on-demand operation, artificial intelligence, if you want to call it that, is actually missing from a lot of controllers. And it's not something that gets talked about enough. So I appreciate you mentioning that because it's very important if it's designed for specific hydraulic specification that it actually does that all the time. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you know, some, some features as well, I would say, like in some products, if you have a pressure sensor, let's say, that's something which we realize many of our projects now when, let's say, the municipality level, Dubai municipality level or other municipalities, where you have, you know, like the pump is very far from the very far from the side sometimes and at the end of the side if you don't sometimes you know the operation time for the sprinkler is like six minutes or seven minutes so if you have you don't have the proper uh, pressure operational pressure uh, or the delay you need to have a delay in the system to start at the right pressure you know because it's very valuable those five minutes are very valuable those are the only time the or the, the sprinkler will operate for the for the next 24 hours so we need to ensure that those valuable five minutes are mm-hmm. are giving the right amount of water and the right under the right pressure. So this is what happens sometimes where, you know, the the the, the time will start, then the time will will uh, the, the the irrigation time let's say will schedule start, and you the the time will run and the pressure didn't build up enough for this specific zone to take the proper, to have the proper uniformity. So I think as well, that's something where it's very important when it comes to pressure. Um, That's why pressure is as well as important as flow uh, when it comes to the, to the irrigation system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask you where you think opportunities are in Dubai, but I think I want to ask it to you in a different way. I think I'd like to ask you where the, what are the biggest problems with irrigation systems? Because sometimes if you know what the problems are, then you could solve for the opportunity because the opportunity is the opposite of the problem. So where do you see the current problems? You know, Andy, I think that some, some when it comes to the – I, I, I would say the expectations sometimes, the customer expect, expectations, when it comes to maintenance, because that's something where, again, I would like to, to just bring to your attention that the – the concept of maintenance is not something that I would say around the Middle East. It's something, except in Dubai, I would say Dubai is a very maintained, well-maintained uh, city. But if you go around the Middle East, the maintenance is not something that we much care about, you know. So we install the project and we expect most of the time that you have a budget for the, let's say, let's say a million dollar you put for the installation. But when it comes to maintenance, you like you don't want to spend me even $50,000 or 5% or 10% for the maintenance. So that's something where most of the projects, they, okay. they lack the maintenance um, concept. And you cannot expect, even if you have the best, smartest system in the world, if you don't have a proper maintenance for the emitters at the end of the day, that's a big thing because not flushing a valve will not be solved or not flushing a dripper cannot be solved by a smart system. The smart system 
you can have a best Ferrari ever, you know, and the best engine, biggest engine. If you don't have a proper tire, then you can be going slow as a as a horse, you know. So, if you have a driver that knows how to drive the Ferrari, the Ferrari isn't driven the way it was designed to be driven, unless the driver knows how to drive it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is it the same contractor who installs the system, the same one who maintains it? I would say, yes, that's that's a very important question. So, yes, there is no speciality when it comes to people who are, you know, maintenance people or contractors. So most of the time, the same contractor who gets the, the, the job of installation, he will be later on getting commissioned or like part of the job, like to do just the maintenance. And most mm-hmm. of the time, they're not very well equipped you know when it comes to to maintenance practices Mm -hmm. Uh, you know because when you have a concept of just installation you have like team who are just need to install they need they're oriented into a construction installation but when it comes to maintenance require different you know aspect different uh, type of uh, daily activities you know so the more patience that require more you know relax more i would say uh, so yeah, I think we, I think I think that's one of the things that we we have issues with in the Middle East when it comes to maintenance, and I would think as well the. Mm-hmm. What about? Yeah. Um, can I ask you one more question about the maintenance? Yes. Are there expectations for using a certain amount of water? In other words, do they set water budgets for the maintenance contractor to stay within? Uh, that's that's one of the things as well that unfortunately is not the case yet. I think the concept of uh, accountability is not still there, you know. And most of the time, I don't see it there, like how much you can spend. So most of the time, let's say, they would the contractor would say, I don't have much water, I don't have enough water. So their only thing is like, okay, let's, let's just irrigate more, you know. So the only solution for any issue that they find, that, for example, if, the, if it's the, the, the leaves are yellow, it's not a deficiency. It's just a water lack because, you know, most of the time they just take advantage or they try, you know, to just now throw it on the weather, you know, that because it's just hot, hot season. Well, where the case is not, it's not the case. Most, I think we are, we are facing issues of over-irrigation in the Middle East. We have a lot of over-irrigation happening rather than under, you know, irrigation. And that's, mm-hmm. that's something. Yeah, and it's that, a different skill set to know how to construct uh, a project, how to put pipe together, how to dig, how to actually install a system requires a different knowledge base than maintaining and setting water budgets and actually growing plants. Totally different skill set. And I think that, you know, what you said about the same contractor who installs it, maintains it, doesn't always work because the skill sets necessary for each of those is, is different. Yes, that, that's right. And you are right. Yes. Well, let me, I'd like to ask you, you know, just kind of, you know, you can still have the floor. What would you like someone to know about Dubai who maybe has never been there and doesn't know much about it? You know, what would you like them to know? Uh, You know, Dubai is a, is a, uh, frankly, is a nice place to, 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 to visit. I wish, I wish you can, because we're now talking, I think on the, we're not, you're not able to see what's behind me here, but, but if you go around and see Dubai, uh, you you will if you go around and you have the opportunity someday to come to the Middle East and to Dubai, you'll be amazed by the by the construction, by the infrastructure, by the by the quality of life that we have, by the airport, the big airport, by the how quick things can be as well. Uh, 
everything is online now. So um, I hopefully uh, within the next six months, I would love to to visit. So thank you. Thank you for offering to guide me around Dubai and hold my hand. Much appreciated. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, Fauzi, thank you so much for sharing all this information. I think what you're working on is just tremendous. And I, I agree, you're fortunate enough to live in you know, a very technologically advanced and growing market. And I think that as much as we have technology in the US, I think that what is happening in Dubai, you know, will probably spread out to the rest of the world as well. So yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing with us today. It's it's a great pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity and thank you so much again for, for the time and for this for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Hey guys, one last aside here. Well, this isn't really an aside. One last thought I had while wrapping up this episode is that if you have listened to this episode all the way to the end and you are listening to me now, I want to make a special invitation. I want to offer you a special invitation. If you would like to join me on a trip to Dubai to visit with Fauzi, to tour irrigation systems, to look at the latest technology available in the world, send me a text message. I want to know your name, where you're from, and if you would like to join me on a trip to Dubai. My personal cell phone number is area code 208-908-3229. Be like Taylor up in Boise, Idaho. Send me a text message. Let me know that you would like to join me on a trip to Dubai. I'll put you on the list. And as soon as we get a good handful of nerds together, we can plan this exciting trip to Dubai. I would love to visit and I would love nothing more than for some of you listeners to join me on a trip to Dubai. I think this could be a once in a lifetime opportunity to expand our knowledge, expand our businesses, and make some great friends and make some great memories. So please send me a text message if you've listened to this until the end of the episode right now, 208-908-3229. Appreciate every one of you guys. Bye-bye.